recording because words that are going to come out of my mouth your rubber band is revolting should be documented oh okay oh, test one two three four five six seven yeah okay talking ears one two three four five six you need to get closer okay how's this I, I'm not going to do this the whole time. Try that. No, One, I'm two, three, four. Go, as in, oh. you're good to go now. Okay. <laughs> well, welcome to Historical Baptist FC, life and ministry from a historical Baptist perspective. I'm Robert Klotz, senior pastor at First Baptist Church in Talladega, Alabama. And I am Heath Walton, associate pastor at the same church and very frustrated with recording software right now. How's that? Frustrated is a, a word that starts with F. It is. Frustrated Christians. But what does FC That's stand really for today? Um, finishing convention stuff. <laughs> That'll work. Or fast convention stuff. So basically what we've come up with is everyone is talking about the convention. They all have shared their opinions on both sides. So it's been well covered. Both? So, huh? both? You think there's only two sides? Well, all four. Um, and everybody has shared their side. So... Let's not belabor it any longer. Let's just rapid fire it, get it done, and we'll move back into life and ministry from a historical Baptist perspective. I think I left that part out. I don't know, but we're not going back now. Let's keep rolling. Okay, so there's two things I think we want to address that were sort of big issues coming out of the convention that we haven't got to yet, and then we'll just sort of go back and forth with with questions and notes and anything else we felt was noteworthy, and then we'll get back to sort of regular, irregularly scheduled programming next week. Did you say irregularly scheduled programming? I think I said your regularly scheduled programming, but I didn't say your. I said your. Your. Uh, well, either way, it applies because um, we do have weeks where we just miss it. We we don't do it. Let's talk about um, resolution two. Okay. Uh, quickly, of course, you know, it's been belabored again by yes. all sides. Uh, resolution 2 was on racial reconciliation, if you want to put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it, in some ways, was an answer to Resolution 9 from 2019. In other ways, it uh, failed to be an answer to Resolution 9 from 2019, and that's where most of the controversy lies. Um, I will say I was, uh, you know, voted for it, felt it was a good resolution, um, and felt... Uh, especially if you were to isolate it and give it its own context, it was an excellent resolution. It's very well worded. Um, It talks about uh, the gospel, of course, being the only answer to ethnic prejudice uh, and and it being the only proper source and sufficient, the scriptures being the only sufficient source for racial reconciliation, um, that racial tensions, ethnic divides, prejudices, racism, all such things, are all uh, boiled down to problems of sin. Therefore, the gospel is the only answer, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I, I don't mean to, you know, et cetera, et cetera, as if it doesn't matter, because it does. We said some important things in that resolution, and so that's why, you know, I felt like it was a good resolution to vote for. Um, and we, you know, sort of went from there. Now, of course, as, as we acknowledged, there were some issues um, that others have brought up about it, and you know, you can listen that, to that other are podcasts. legitimate issues. Yeah. So the biggest one uh, there is sort of the elephant in the room, if you will. Um, that is, we didn't address critical race theory by name, or intersectionality by name, or CRTI by letters, <laughs> um, and and I think 
as I said to you on the on the convention floor, um, I believe that the more general language was more helpful, um, almost in a sense of Baptist faith and message um, generalities. It painted with broad strokes, and therefore, uh, I, you know, it, it sort of uh, eliminated the problem of trying to address every single particular issue and having to delineate every single individual problem uh, that we would want to speak against because that list would be really, really, really long. However, the counter argument to that, I think, does have some legitimacy. So, again, I voted for it because I think that that's a good way to do this. I think to paint with broad strokes in this particular way, the way that this is worded, was helpful because it, it means that any theory, any secular notion that tries to address the problems of um, uh, ethnic prejudice and racism is not going to be sufficient. Only the scriptures are sufficient. It's a sin problem. It has to be addressed by the gospel. I think speaking in those generalities is the, is the more wise way to do this. However, the counterargument is that we got very specific in 2019 and mentioned critical race theory and intersectionality as, By name. as analytical tools, as helpful yep. tools that we could use uh, when we were trying to address these problems, and we addressed it by name. And then in Resolution 2 from 2021, we don't mention them, uh, even though we seem to be directly speaking against using such analytical tools because they sort of deny the sufficiency of Scripture um, in, in that regard. They would say something, something else is the solution to the problem. Um, and because we named those things by name in 2019, I also understand the frustration from brothers who are, who are frankly, some of them more than frustrated that we didn't then go back and name it in Resolution 2 um, in a way of saying uh, we shouldn't use CRTI uh, yeah. anymore. So. Yeah, and, and I think that was my issue with the resolution. <laughs> you enjoying those blueberries, are you? They're very high in antioxidants. Oh, my goodness. Would you like one? Uh, no, they're disgusting. Um, but, you know, I, I think that was was my issue with it is if we were so specific in 19 why couldn't we be more specific but i also and see, i think that's fair yeah and i also see your side of that as well as well uh we don't need to just address that we need to address anything that would be antithetical to the gospel and and just say basically the gospel is sufficient because that's what they're trying to say yeah. in this resolution is that the gospel and the word of God is sufficient. So I don't want to start a whole nother podcast episode because we could talk about this, but you and I've yeah. had this conversation and I think I brought this up on the convention floor too, as we were sort of discussing how we would vote on this and how the rest of our messengers, you know, we felt should vote on it um, and, and sort of trying to inform them. Um, we've, we've talked about this in, in other arenas uh, about church covenants yeah. And how delineating specific sins can get you into sticky territory because as soon as you delineate one or four or eight or nine, uh, there you're always going to there's always going to be more, right? Um, we would learn from Romans one that human beings, sinful as we are, are inventive with evil. Yeah. Romans two would teach us the same thing, um, and so you know. I think that speaking in more general terms is going to be a little more helpful here. You got it. It'll stop beeping in a second. Um, so, you know, but again, we didn't speak in general terms. We spoke in very specific terms in 2019. And so it so might wisdom, have been... Wisdom would have said in 2019, 
let's let's not speak this specifically and also the resolution was bad but let's let's just can we talk about how just for a second we would not have this issue right now if that resolution had never been made but uh, well yeah I, I would agree I think that I think if you were to set the two side by side 2021's resolution 2 did a phenomenally better job of addressing these issues yeah. than Resolution 9 from 2019. Yeah. I think Resolution 9 from 2019, clearly, as much has been written on it, had a point to prove, and it was a bad point. It was. It was a terrible point. Whereas Resolution 2 accomplishes the same thing about seeking to lead us toward racial reconciliation um, and understanding the gospel-centeredness of ethnic diversity in local churches— um, from a biblical perspective, yeah. affirming the sufficiency of Scripture to do that. And so, you know, um, I, I realize resolutions aren't binding and they only matter for the year in which they're passed. But, you know, I think 2021's Resolution 2 was way better than Resolution 9. And if we could have replaced it, which, you know, we sort of effectively did, but it, it's it's a weird... Don't even, don't it's even a get weird, me started on resolutions and, and their logic. How that works versus motions. Yeah. And, but anyway... If you if you had to pick one or the other, it would definitely be Resolution Two from twenty twenty one, and it would have been outstanding all on its own. Yeah. The problem is that when you then set it against Resolution Nine in twenty nineteen, its specificity is lacking. Right. Yeah. So I get that. So yep. All right. Let's talk about Sermon Gate. Oh joy! Like people haven't driven this one into the ground. Okay. I, know. I you know I think we have to address it. It's a matter of the presidency, and I don't think we have to get too far into it. Uh, I don't really want to get too far into it. We don't have audio clips. We don't have those YouTube no. videos queued up. Nothing like that. Other than to say we don't have any dun 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 music. No. Dun dun dun. So there are a few things. Uh, number one, um, if you're trying to defend what you did and what you did was sin, don't lie about it. I'm a little concerned that. The line came out about, well, J.D. gave me permission, and then it turns out this wasn't an isolated event. Yeah. That seems a little problematic. I'm not, Listen, let me back up a little bit. I'm not calling President Litton a liar, but I am saying it looks awfully suspicious when that's the way, that's the answer you give, and then it turns out this wasn't an isolated which, incident which that I you got single-time permission for. Um, even if that were, even if that is true, let's just say he's being perfectly honest he called JD. They had a conversation, and JD says, "You can use it." Mentioned in the sermon. Well, yeah, that. But still, borrowing sermons, though, like, no, I, yeah. I agree. Um, just, and, it's not a good practice. Let's no. just say that. Just like, fellas, if you're buying your sermons off of a website, stop it. Yeah, and so <laughs> I think there's there's two levels of problems we got to talk about here. And I was headed one direction, you went the other. So I'll follow yeah. you. Um, let's talk about those more fundamental issues first, and I think that's what you're what yeah. you're getting at. The more fundamental issues are: don't borrow sermons. Your task is to feed the sheep, not be a public speaker. Yeah, you're a pastor, preacher, shepherd. You are to do the ministry of the word, not give a good public speech that draws a crowd. Yeah, JD may do a better job of writing better public speeches that draw a crowd than Ed Litton. That's no reason to then copy his stuff. No. Your people are your people that God has charged to your care, so you write your sermons. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the first thing. Don't buy them. Don't borrow them. Don't consider yourself too busy. Don't go get some dead guy's sermons who can't, you know, like an Adrian Rogers or mm-hmm. a Spurgeon and just change it. Don't do that. Now, reference them, read them, yes. quote them. 
Uh, I'll say use this. them help as helpful resources. I don't. I don't know that you do this, but I do this just simply out of a practice from seminary writing papers. Is even in a sermon, if I borrow a quote, I footnote it at the bottom for one of two reasons. One, that I can't claim it as my own. It belongs to someone else. And two, if someone asks me where I heard that or, you know, what can I read about that subject, I can look down at the bottom of the paper and say, well, here's my notes. If you want to look, that's the book that, you know, you get that from. And so it's it's more of a, a reference thing for other people, but also for myself and my integrity that, I didn't write this, and usually in the sermon, because I'm a manuscript guy, I will say, Charles Spurgeon said mm-hmm. this, or or Alistair Begg said that, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. Um, there is no foul in quoting someone else if you, uh, you know, attribute that quote to yep. them. There's there's no foul in that. Um, and I think you could even go so far as, you know, you're, you've been struggling with a passage, you can't see a clear outline, so you grab MacArthur's commentary and you see he's got, you know, three or four points out of this one mm-hmm. verse that you've got to preach. If you say, if you explain to your congregation, listen, this is a difficult passage, it's tough. Um, MacArthur outlines it this way, and that's we're going to use that as our outline. I wouldn't do that every week. But no. if you were having some trouble, you know, I think that I think that that's fine. I think that that's honest. I think that your people can see then that you're diligently studying and consulting other resources. I think all that's great. And they can see you're not perfect and that you actually yeah. need help from time to time and that's okay to admit. However, yeah. There's a difference when I am in there doing commentary study with the 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 books I call my friends versus another fundamental problem of having a preaching team that collaborates to write those sermons. Yeah. So we so this is interesting. I have no problem with, and I you know I do this. If I write a sermon, I'm probably going to send it to you, and say, any edits, anything you think probably needs to go a different way. Not that you wrote the sermon, but to polish it up a little bit and to make sure that I'm not being heretical in any way. Um, so there's no problem in having accountability in your sermon writing where. You have people who will help you out in that? No, accountability, help, cooperation, um, having somebody to bounce those things off of. But a speech writing team. Exactly. Yeah. You, you may be the president of the convention, but you're not the president of the United States, and apparently you were doing that way before you got elected president. This yeah. is not a public speech. This is a sermon. This is feeding the sheep that God has entrusted to you. I, I think it's totally different. I think that that's, I think that's just bad practice all around. And I think that goes even to another fundamental issue, maybe even the deepest fundamental issue, is a misprioritizing of the office and roles and functions of a pastor. Yeah. Um, you can go back to, to the book of Acts and the first deacons, right? Mm-hmm. We The apostles were to dedicate themselves to the preaching of the word and to prayer, and so they needed deacons to serve. If you are so busy with other functions at church that you can't write your own sermons, call your deacons. You are too busy with the wrong things if you're not writing your own sermons. I don't care how busy you are. I don't care how, you know, uh, you know we've talked before about guarding a, po- a portion of your day to make sure that yeah. that time is dedicated to the sermon because Sunday is coming. We've talked about that too. And y- you ought not... I think you are robbing your people if you just give them somebody else's recycled stuff. You are. Um, and not to mention, you know, sort of the the murmurs we've heard with the, uh, like the illustrations that were borrowed is there's now a, a and this is, uh, to be clear, Ed Litton is not the only person who's ever done this. No. Uh, you know, this, is, this has happened uh, many times. 
when you use someone else's illustration and you place yourself in them, there's a, a mistrust. I'll give you an example. We had an evangelist come to our church in Mobile who is known around the country, and he begins to tell these stories as if they were his. And I know full well they were Bill Ingvalls. They were from the, the Blue Collar Tour. And he's telling them as if they're his, and even using the line, here's your son, as if it was his story. Um, I couldn't take him seriously the rest of the sermon. And then, because apparently he had preached that sermon so many times. Um, I've heard it. Yeah, my best friend turns and goes. I saw that guy do the same yeah. thing in Georgia. Says 41. There's always a 41. And, and my best friend keeps whispering. What are you talking about in the middle of the sermon? And he drops the line, and he acts like he's just hit this explosive moment. I, I could not take the guy seriously. And then he autographed a chicken bucket for our pastor. So, I mean, uh, if you want your people to trust you and take you seriously, don't use other people's illustrations as your own. Yeah. Uh, it's lazy. Mm-hmm. It's lazy. Um, I don't even know if you want to answer this question. Should he resign? Um, I mean there's definitely a trust issue it's a lot of dead air (laughs) I'm just letting them pray about it um, it's okay you don't have to answer well here's my thing I'm not saying he necessarily should but it does cause some trust issues Well, but we also had some other things that surrounding this that why didn't this come out earlier is the right, so there there come the, the the more surface level issues. So we talked about the deep issues. Let's talk about the surface level issues. What do we do now? Mm-hmm. Okay, um, you know I think there are there are in this day and age now two realistic expectations from the president. Now the office of president for Southern Baptist Convention, you know, has been talked about for at least three years now about what that role is and, and what, what they, they can actually do. Um, they are, uh, they have um, selection privileges, right? So yeah. those are very, very important. It's the most important thing they do. Um, those, That's what most people are, are vying for right. when they're running, is for the opportunity to select. Um, they moderate a business meeting. Yeah. And today, I would say especially the the part of being the face of the convention grows. Yeah. If CNN wants to interview somebody from the SBC, they're going to call either the president or the president of Southern Seminary. I mean, those yeah. are the two guys you see on the news all the time, right? Yeah. It would either either be Moeller or whoever is the president. So for the past three, you know, for the past two, then three years, um, it was Moeller and J.D. Greer were the guys you yeah. saw if there was a question about what Southern Baptists think about this. And that's an important role. They become... So, sometimes Ronnie Floyd. But yeah, that's because of executive committee. I right. I, so you could okay. So or let's Russ, let's Russell say Moore was another big okay, one. Okay. So three to four guys. Yeah. Um, sure. But he's one of them, yes, right? That if you've got a question about what Southern Baptist thinks, you, you're going to ask that guy. I think in more recent years, because of JD, that the president got a little bit more um, airtime, if you will, with CNN, New York Times, those kind of things. Uh, I, I don't remember. I don't recall them interviewing like Steve Gaines that much. Yeah. Um, but I mean, well, if we're being real, JD is a very charismatic person. Like he's a guy. He's that, good at it. Yeah, he's, he's very a good, good at spokesman. This. He's very good at that. He has skills at that. So 
I can understand why. And and of course he's he's I don't know that he's I don't know how old he is, but he seems like a younger generation pastor. And so I mean, maybe that appeals to the the wider audience more than a Steve Gaines or a Jimmy well, Hunt or so, whoever. So to circle back with that being part of the function, yeah. It's not a good look. No. It's not a good look. This has become publicized. It's now public knowledge. It's been in the New York Times. It's not a good look. Yeah. It's not a good look. I think, you you know, so you have to consider what are the implications, what sort of um, name is that giving to the SBC that this would be out there so publicly. Now, um, that then brings me to my next point. There are only two reasons that this has started happening now, that this is coming out now. It's either genuine concern or it's mudslinging. Yeah. If it's mudslinging, stop it. Yeah. It does nobody any good except to give us a bad name. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like people who go way too far um, in criticizing the current president of the United States. There comes a point when you stop because you're giving the whole country a bad name. Yeah. Right. Um, you respect the office enough that you stop slinging that much mud. Even if you don't care for the guy. Exactly. Yeah. Even if you disagree with him, whatever, whatever. Now. If it comes from genuine concern, okay, so it's not mudslinging, it's a genuine concern. We found this problem out with our president. We're concerned uh, about what kind of job he's going to do as president because we found these things out. Um, And and you and I have talked about this. In in fact, about an hour ago, we we talked some about this. Mm -hmm. Um, We had 12 months to talk about this. Yeah. If this was an issue of genuine concern, it happened well before the election. Say something about this before the election. And it's the same thing with the with the belief statement the, on the website. Right. There's his the doctrinal statement specifically on the doctrine of the Trinity has been problematic. When it got publicized, it's it's heretical in its wording. Now I don't think they meant to be heretical. They just weren't careful. That's a problem. Yeah. But that's a problem that somebody should have said, Hey guys, over here, listen up. Um are you, I mean, use the same Which, Twitter feature you're using now. Take a screenshot of it, put it up on Twitter, and inform people. That's what they did the day after he was elected president. That's what they did. So so bring that to light beforehand so that either he can address it before he gets elected president or we can be informed while we're elected before which, we elect the president. Which, let's, let's flip it to the other side because some people will say, well, this is just a ploy by the CVN to whatever their phrase was, take the ship or something like that. Um. Let's flip it to the I don't know side. that that was specifically the CBM. I don't know who that it was. Anyway. It was a group. Who also. Maybe not anyway. sanctioned by the CBM. So let's be so, careful not to get sued or something. Yeah, uh, My bad. Anyway, so. HBFC does not endorse the. So the other side of that is the issues with, you know, the, the accusations that were levied against Mike Stone and, and against the EC and stuff like that. You know, that, that Russell Moore did those you know, departing shots, right? So why didn't that come out much earlier if he'd known about this for about two years? You know, like why? And it's politics. That's that's what it was. Yeah. Um, now, there are some people who are genuinely concerned. They've just found out that this is happening uh, because, quite frankly, why would you go and try to listen to all his sermons? Well, so know? again, and that brings me back to my point. If you had concerns, if you had concerns, you should have voiced them a long time ago. We we elected this guy president. It's done. There is nothing in our bylaws uh, other than to go back to Robert's Rules of Order, from what I understand from you know listening to some other podcasts about it. There's nothing specifically in 
SBC bylaws to remove a president from office. We didn't put that contention, you know, contingency plan in there other than to do it by Robert's Rules of Order. Um, however, that needs to happen, but we won't convene again for another year. So we just elected this guy president. If you were really this concerned about it, say something earlier. Yeah. Can I tell you that I had a lot of conversations with a lot of people who were concerned about how the Southern Baptist Convention's presidential election was going to go, and nobody seemed all that concerned about Ed Litton. No, not really. My biggest concern was with some of his theological positions, yeah. and, and we've addressed some of that on here. I, I did not vote for Litton either time, either in the original ballot or you know in the runoff. I didn't because I was legitimately concerned about some things. And when people would ask me, when people would ask you, we would yeah. talk about that the person we were most concerned about, the only one we weren't okay with because of some of his leanings, was Ed Litton. And that's not to start saying, you know, the whole ship's on fire, everybody jump, get out of the SBC because he's president. But it is to say, you know, if all these other guys knew all this stuff and had legitimate concerns enough that they're airing it out now, why didn't you say something six months ago? Yeah. Why didn't you get your church members there? Why didn't you, you know, all those things. But... Yeah, so Sermon Gate, bad. There you go. <laughs> How's that? All right. Um, who had the best swag in the exhibit hall? Best swag. Now, I will say, I've got it right here. I love this Midwestern mug, but I'm a student at New Orleans, so I better hush. Um, let's see. Hey, um, who did I, don't, I don't know if anybody at New Orleans is listening, but y'all need to step your game up. Cause I'm, I'm Bro, a, they I'm, got hot sauce. I'm twice a graduate from New Orleans, and I like my little Caskey Center coaster here. It's pretty neat. Where'd but you that, get that? It was at the Caskey Center table, which was not in the main New Orleans thing. No, which it is, was right no, outside. It was outside Dr. of it. Was. It was outside of it. I was talking to Dr. Farmer, and I didn't get one. Yeah, I got one. Um, He's not listening. <laughs> so, um, oh. Dr. Farmer, you're an excellent professor. But uh, listen, um, evangelism I mean, class was awesome. I'm going to tell you something. That without without contest, this year the winner was Southwestern Seminary. Was that the mug? They had mugs. They had Texas Baptist College T-shirts. They See, had Southwestern T-shirts. They had stickers. They had anything. Uh, they had all sorts of things. Now in 2019, Midwestern won because oh, they had yeah. cool mugs Man, and they, they had, had T-shirts. They had yeah the Spurgeon, Spurgeon cu- uh, the thermos thing. Yeah, they I had the posters, the prints. They had the T-shirts. They were I mean, but twenty twenty one goes to Southwestern. I think it goes Southwestern. Doctor Greenway, that, you that were magician doing was pretty your your yeah. PR department is doing excellent work. <laughs> the magician was awesome. Um, <laughs> blew my mind. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't remember his name, and I'm not here to plug it. So. Um, let's see. I didn't schedule them for revival this no, year. I'm sorry. We didn't have, you know, magical nights in August or anything like that. What um, was, um, did you do any, uh, outside convention related events? Did y'all go to any? We went to the, you know, Crowder and, and all that, that first night. Okay. So if I asked you which one your, was your favorite, I guess it would have to be oh, the Crowder concert. Oh, Crowder, man. Mm-hmm. It, but let me tell you what, there is one other thing of swag I really liked. What is I think this is Montana. Oh yeah, was that yeah, yeah, Go yeah. Montana? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they have these little notebooks that are made of like cardboard. Even the paper is made of cardboard. So it's very green. Um, but they also have pens that the for some reason the outside of the pen is made of cardboard. That if this touched water, I could never use this pen again uh, because I hate wet paper and cardboard's basically paper. But these little notebooks are pretty sweet. Uh, uh, sort of like a what's that? What's the little notebooks called? Um, you have one. Field notes. Yeah, it's sort of like a field notes. Um, 
But Historical like, Baptist FC is not officially <laughs> sponsored by Field Notes. Though we would love to be. Um, but it is, um, it's similar to Field Notes, but like if, if hipsters made it kind of thing. So Hipsters uh, do make Field Notes. Have you seen Field Notes? But like a, an extreme hipster that hugs trees. Like that's a, that's a good one. Again, have you read anything about Field Notes? It's is a hip, It's a of? hipster company, man. Oh, is it? Well, I like them. Uh, I, I think Joe Thorne does too. Which, by the way, best encounters at... Okay. G3. I had two. Uh, one was finally meeting Joe Thorne from Doctrine and Devotion. I've written for their blog before. Um, we've talked online a few times, never met in person. Um, and, and no offense, Joe, I've never felt taller in my life than standing with Joe Thorne, but he was he was wonderful. Um, you want to talk about a guy who who's not a yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? He's really giving you the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> great timing. Uh, so he was he was great. Um, the other one that I met was interesting. I was in line to get one of the iced coffees. Yeah, you talked about this on the last episode. Yeah, did I? And then then Randy Adams shows up, and, and we had that great conversation. I'm telling you, um, very encouraging guy. I mean, really was. And, and I loved hearing how he was responding to the vote about – no, I didn't win, but I kind of did because my, you know, my, what did he call it? My platform mm-hmm. was elevated. You know, I, I like that. Uh, so that was my two. I know what yours was, I think. Uh, Steve Gaines complimented my hat. Yeah, that's it. If you don't know, Robert wears felt hats all the time. Um, and Steve With a couple Gaines, of turkey feathers in it. Yeah, and, uh, turkey feathers from turkeys that he has shot. So um, Robert's goes, an outdoorsy man from the 1920s. Uh, he goes... <laughs> Steve King goes, hey, man, I like that hat. Yeah, and I turned around and went, thanks, man, and walked away. And then realized it was Steve Gaines. So I didn't have my, oh, my goodness, Steve Gaines. But, uh, <laughs> until like I got back to my seat and it was like, you'll which, never guess who complimented which, my by hat. By the way, we don't do that because <laughs> that's wrong. Um, but, I mean, yeah, that's a pretty cool one. Like, uh, uh, we also talked to H.P. Charles Jr. Nice. Um, which that's not the first time I had met him because of G3 conference. Uh, but then the other one was Johnny Hunt. Me and my wife have this weird relationship with Johnny Hunt because we know who he is, but every time we see him, he knows kind of who we are. He has no idea what our name is. But he always like, hey, you two. Like, it's every time. We could be in, we were in Gatlinburg one morning. We went walking really early. Here comes Johnny in his exercising clothes, doing, you know, just walking around Gatlinburg. And he stops and goes, hey, you two. Like, he knew us. Um, the first time we ever met him, he bought us lunch at, at Woodstock. We went there. It was a, a rough time for Courtney's family as her dad was in between churches um, and, and working construction uh, at that time. And he had been talking to Johnny about the struggle of having to leave a church, but then trying to go to a new church and discerning what the Lord wanted him to do. Johnny was very gracious. Um, and so that was the first time we met him. I was probably 18 years old when I met him. And so we've seen him several times being in Georgia Baptist for a while. And then, you know, just random places. And every time he says the same thing, Hey, you two, uh, I think we should probably tell him our name next time. Probably. And but I mean, always kind, uh, has always been to me. And he probably thinks uh, y'all the root, two rudest people in the world because he's seen you so many times. You never introduce <laughs> yourselves. Well, we just oh, you like, two, those rude oh, people have never introduced Johnny! themselves. <laughs> you know, but no, that's really cool to see him again. And 
And then I just love my favorite part of the convention every time is seeing people that we know that we haven't seen in a while. Like I love doing that. Um, even the guys from our association that we see weekly, it was still fun to see yeah, them it's there. Yeah, fun to see them, you know, somewhere like out of context. Because we get to be like, oh hey, across the hallway, you know, and act like, oh, we're big people, we know people, <laughs> um, when we see them every week and eat like terrible. <clears throat> uh, we eat Mexican food with them a lot. <laughs> I'm not yeesh. I may have just uh, bad mouthed the local establishment, but anyway, what now? <laughs> Help me dig out of this hole, Robert. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm enjoying watching. <laughs> get me, get me out of the hole. Um, anything? Uh, best food. Oh, we talked about food last time because yeah, because I said, said mine was hot chicken and waffles. I really like the Indian food thing that we ate. The Mediterranean place. Mediterranean place. Yeah, yeah that was good. Um, that I, I did have it good. like three times. So. Yeah, the barbecue place was really good that we ate The best at. thing about the barbecue place was that our wives ran and got it while we saved the seats in the convention hall because things, you know, were... Oh, yeah. Uh, some big stuff was about to come up in the program. We're, we're in row two with and plates of barbecue. So we didn't want to leave. So they, sweet. Yeah, we got, we got uh, row two catered. Uh, oh, yeah, so. that's nice. Um, what else? Anything else from the convention? I don't think so. I'm looking forward, you know, uh, prayerfully to going to California and... Uh, being a part of that, I'm hoping we'll have uh, a good good number of messengers again to go out there. Um, we're going to take a charter bus. Oh man, we're going to fly. We have a bunch of messengers. Let's take a bus. Do you know how fun a bus would you're be? Just gonna, you're just you're just trying to talk up a bus because you don't want to fly. You're right, but <laughs> I mean, it would be really fun to take a bus with church members out west. Oh goodness, it would. I mean, it would break down at least twice, but it would still. We'd have fun. to like cancel services for two weeks. It would take us so long to get out there. Nah, it doesn't take that long. You just keep driving. Now, who would be our driver is the thing, but not me. We'd have to. Well, we you don't have a CDO with a passenger Correct. endorsement, so we'd have to have one of those. I drive the church van, but I'm not driving a bus. I know a guy. We could work it out. We could work it out. Anyway, anything else? I think that's it. Um, yeah, next next week we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming. Um, I don't know what topic we'll address. We've got. Um, more uh, Baptist distinctives to talk about. We got a couple other ideas, sort of percolating, if you will. Yeah. Um, some things to talk about, but um, yeah, I, I think that pretty much wraps it up for the convention. Thank goodness. Uh, you want any more information? Uh, send us an email. Tweet at us. Uh, I don't think we've ever given out our email addresses, but you can find us on Twitter. Send us a message. <laughs> I haven't used Twitter in two uh, months. <laughs> and you have control of that account, so I need to give you that. I'll try to get Robert on our Twitter. How about that? Or you could just tweet him at what's your Twitter handle? Uh, like Rev Rev Rob Klotz or Rev R Klotz or Rev R Doctor Bob or what? not Doctor Bob? <laughs> Doctor Bobby K. Um, what is mine? Oh my! This is what we call dead uh, air again. At Rev R Klotz. At Rev R Klotz, you can ask him things. You could ask me, but I won't see it because I'm not on there. Uh, it's still open. I just don't even have the app. So leave us a review. Give us a share. Yeah, five stars, if you will. Oh, on Apple Podcasts. We haven't done it yet, but we do. We we do have um, a, a plan in the works to get some stickers and yes. do some Twitter giveaways. Giveaways. So if you're not following us on Twitter already, give us a follow. Uh, we'll put the information out there. Um, we'll probably do that through Twitter, maybe Instagram or Facebook, but probably Twitter. So watch out for that. All right. Um, so that it. That's it. See you next week. Bye.